Welcome to episode 10 of Maker That Money. Uh, I am Pooch, a.k.a. Repcord on all the things. And to my right here, I'm Andrew, 3D Glue. <laughs> he took his cue right on time right on cue buddy uh good to see you shout out everybody good to see uh chris perillo hey what's up buddy yes no we're not on twitch but uh you know maybe for a different stream uh we wanted this to be conversationally focused uh just for those of you who are new to this the 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 concept is uh we're both small business owners uh got our start as makers and uh we're just Glad to have you along for our journey here. We just kind of want to share our thoughts and, and stuff. This started as just a series of phone calls between Andrew and myself. And it's kind of evolved into like, well, if we're going to be talking anyway, like, why not? Uh, why not share Might as well open it up, right? <laughs> maybe there's some interesting nuggets in there, right? That, that people, but, and, and maybe not. But at the very least, we're having a lot of fun with it. I find it really uh, rewarding just kind of having the conversation, finding kindred spirits and Andrew and other uh, entrepreneur maker, maker entrepreneurs out there. Um, and our format is such that we kind of pick a topic and we talk about it. We usually go about an hour and then, uh, toward the end, if anybody is interested, has questions or comments, we do have a call in link. This is actually our first time, uh, away from Twitter spaces. And while we really loved the, the simplicity of Twitter spaces, we wanted to kind of evolve and go a little bit further. And uh, so we moved over to the to the YouTube so that we could, uh, one, you know, have the chat interface and stuff like that, too. But uh, um, also, you know, we just weren't getting the what the reliability with the system that we had hoped. And uh, we'd love this to be a little bit more uh, podcast friendly too moving forward. So we got mm -hmm. some better pro audio set up recording this and uh, we will actually I know I've been saying it. But we're actually going to post it uh, as a true podcast for those that want to listen back and stuff. So I know that everybody has their uh, different means of how they want to consume content. And uh, we we want to be as accessible to everybody as we can. So that's the spiel on the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like what? Anyway, let's let's dive in. Uh, but really quick before we get today's today's subject, uh, today's topic is when to quit your day job. And that that's obviously a little clickbaity, you know. We, yep. we say that <laughs> it's really about taking the leap, right? Like yep. a lot of people kind of have some side hustles. Maybe you've uh maybe you maybe you're into 3D printing, maybe you've started an Etsy store and stuff like that, but you just you're not bringing in the revenue just quite yet where you're feeling comfortable with uh mm -hmm. with with really diving in, yeah. Uh, yep. and so we're going to share some thoughts on, you know, what, what worked for us, what didn't work for us, uh, and, uh, and, you know, see, see how that goes. Um, but before, before we dive in fully, I, I want to give you an opportunity, Andrew, uh, to share what's going on this week with you guys, any wins to report. We always like to share wins on the business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, things, things are great. Um, you know, we're, we're constantly pushing forward, um, you know, working on some really cool things, uh, gearing up for Murph, right? Murph's a yeah. little bit of ways away still, but you know, Hey, it's, uh, it, it's, it's on our radar now. And, uh, we've hopefully got some cool things to launch at Murph and, uh, it, it should be a good fun time <laughs> if I don't pull my hair out. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
Right? Yeah. I got my I got my Murph mug here. You don't see it because it it's it's in green and it gets screened out. But uh, I'm really excited, man. I missed last year. Uh, a lot of people did, obviously. But uh, for those uh, that are, that are listening and don't know what Murph is, that's the Midwest Rep Rap Festival. It's kind of a mecca of sorts for 3D printing. Absolutely. Tell tell people where it is and and uh, what what your impression of Murph Maybe, is. You know, it's in a small town, in the middle of Indiana, right? Or I guess northern Indiana, Goshen. <laughs> Goshen, <laughs> kinda, kinda, Indiana. Yeah, kind of nowhere, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, hopefully you know what Murph is. If you don't, uh, it's where all of these awesome 3D printer, you know, just companies and you know people interested in 3D printing go to hang out. You know. Yeah. Um, for a weekend, it's just a, a load of fun. <laughs> it, it really, it really is. Uh, I highly recommend it if you're into 3D printing and you have the means to to make the the journey. It is a bit of a journey for me. I always end up flying into Chicago and then driving, but it's a two hour drive. It seems like it's kind of a it's going to be a bit of a drive no matter where the you know major metro you fly mm-hmm. into is. But that's part of the fun of it, right? And Absolutely. The experience is just awesome because it's, you know, it, it's a giant show and tell of 3D print. Some people are showing off printers of their own design. Some people are showing off mm-hmm. uh, things that they have printed, you know, and so it's it's really, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, you know, people want it to be in a lot of regards. And yep. it's grown tremendously over the years. And so hopefully this is a good, you know, comeback year as uh, people are coming back out into the wild and and going back to shows and stuff so we'll both be there uh yes there's a there's a, an announcement for you guys and uh if you let us know in the chat if you're planning on being there too we hope to see you uh if you can't make that there's also the east coast rep festival which is also a lot of fun that's later in the year i think it's gonna be october this year something like that mm-hmm. uh that's in maryland which is a little it's a little bit more accessible for our european friends which is nice Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, obviously there's any number of other, uh, events and stuff like that. I'm, I'm actually hoping to get a Europe trip in maybe in the summer, uh, go to the Ooh. UK, maybe even back to Prague again, which would be, Oh, amazing. there you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Shout out three musketeers, 3d musketeers. Grant, good to see you. Map laboratories in the house. Awesome. Um, love having you guys. Winslow joy. Hey, it's two of the vendors I patronize. We appreciate <laughs> all your patronage guys. Yes. Uh, we wouldn't be here were it not for you guys. So thank you mm-hmm. so much for that. All right. Without further ado, let's give the people what they want, Andrew. Let's yep. talk about quitting your day job. Um, yes. Why don't you uh, why don't you give us a quick backstory on like what it was? I know, and I know you've you've had a number of different, you know, ventures oh, yeah. and stuff like <laughs> that too. When was the last time you had a and when I say day job goes? I mean, like, you know, the, where you're working for somebody else, you're, you're you know, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like, we all have day job. Like, I still have a day job. It's just my company. And Andrew has a day yep. job as well. This is really, like I said, more about taking that leap on your your something that might have been a side hustle. Mm-hmm. And then and then you said, like, I- I'm ready. Like, yeah, what was it for you? What were the indicators? So, yeah, let's let's start with a little history. Um, You know, my you know, it's been a minute since I've worked for someone else. Um, and it's a, it's an incredibly, I guess, warm feeling inside knowing that it's like, Hey, most of my life now I've been kind of doing my own thing. So it's, it's, it's really cool and, and empowering to, to a degree. Um, yeah. but yeah, so 
Uh, let's see. Rewind the clock back to when I was uh, about 18 years old. Um, I was in college. Um, I had been in college for uh, about, I'd say about two years. I, I graduated high school early, um, you know, was was doing all of the fun fast track stuff. Right. Okay. And I couldn't decide what I wanted to do. Um, and I, so I was doing mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, computer engineering, just bouncing around. Right. And it was then where I started, you know, exploring my own potential, I would call it, uh, just, you know, tinkering, making, doing cool stuff in my garage, um, yeah. or rather my friend's garage. I, I lived with him. <laughs> the garage and, warrior. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and so eventually what ended up happening is, is I developed something that was pretty cool brought it to professors professors like hey this is really interesting you should go and write a thesis on this and like go through this you know normal academia right sort of process and i said well maybe i don't want to do that maybe i want to commercialize it and so i started talking around to people uh you know kind of in the startup ecosystem and you know it looked like i really had something was onto something and, and within i think a couple months i ended up raising $150,000 as a seed investment and i was like okay this is cool this is exciting so while it wasn't a day job per se right i was going through the normal education route that was essentially my day job mm -hmm. uh and i just uh, you know at that point i was you know young naive i was like all right time to do it i'm going <laughs> Um, you know, I, I just, I, I quit told cold Turkey and just ran. Um, and for me, the, the, I, I guess it was, I had a safety net in that I was able to raise some capital. Right. Sure. Um, but for, for me, it was more so about being able to devote my entire, you know, energy level into what I wanted to do. Um, and, and that was more important than, you know, continuing my education in that regard. Um, and, you know, it, so does in, that make you ways, a dropout? It does. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. You're a cliche, my friend. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, it was, it was one of those things where I was like, Hey, I have this opportunity in front of me. I can continue going to school. I can continue my education. And I can continue to work on this. Um, you know, the people who invested in me understood that I was, you know, in, in college and they're like, hey, we don't expect you to do this. But if you were to do this, we would support you and we'd make for sure that you were able to, you know, continue going on. Um, so while I had yeah. a little bit of a safety net in luxury, um, for me, it wasn't really about that that made that decision. I was willing to, again, eat ramen and, and basically work and, you, you know, barely get by right <laughs> sure sure well, um let's, let's dig in for a second because i think the financial is the you know the first thing that everybody's thinking right it's like yep i i i can't i can't quit my day job i need that money to pay my bills mm -hmm. right and of, of course like duh um but uh i find that that in the entrepreneurial world and you can correct me if you think i'm wrong there seem to be two camps they're the people that just like operate without a net they they like they need mm -hmm. that drive in order yep. to like get them to where they need to be right like like the, yep you got to operate hungry and sometimes literally like you said like literally you're, you're eating ramen you know you're 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 you know hand yep. to mouth as it were <laughs> and um I, but i believe me that's not for everybody and that's not a luxury a lot of people have when you're supporting a family oftentimes and sure you know other things and so 
you know, yeah, like this is a very personal question when mm-hmm. you talk about like quitting your job to pursue your passion uh, and, yep. and start a start a company. Um, you also had the benefit of having another venture ahead of that, mm-hmm. right? And so you yep. kind of already had a taste of what it's like, you know, depending mm-hmm. on yourself for your your livelihood. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I think it kind of comes back to uh, the, the aspect for, for me, right? I'm an individual who's very driven and motivated and, you know, kind of self-starting, right? Um, and for me, I need to be essentially pressed up against a wall um, in order to perform my best. I got to have that pressure, um, you know, because I'm a very hungry individual in that in that regard. Uh, but I will say that at the beginning, I wasn't, I wasn't as hungry. I wasn't as, you know, I guess built this way. It was really, uh, the process of going through this saying, okay, Hey, I'm going to stare into the void and I'm going to jump in. Right. And I'm going to see where it takes me. And that's where it kind of lit a fire under me. And it said, this is really exciting because I'm doing something that for one, I've never done before Two. I have to be successful because if I'm not, I'm going to fail and I'm going to fail hard. Right. 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 But, and, you know, I also realized that it wasn't so much about the failure. It was more so just about using it to push myself forward. Um, You know, everyone's scared of failure. Don't be, don't be scared. If you, if you take in, you take the leap and you fail, you can get back up. Right. And you yeah, can but keep I, moving but, forward. But I hear, I hear the the you know people thinking right now. But Andrew, but Andrew, that's so much easier said than done, right? It oh, is. Sure. I fail, like I go broke, and then I, you know, my kids are hungry. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, come on, it can't yep. be. It can't be. You know that <laughs> you can't be that well with it. You can, you can't, but you can. I think. Uh, you know, there are many times. I, I, I have so many stories of how close I was to the wire, even after raising, you know, two and a half million dollars, how close I was to the wire, um, you know, credit card debt or, you know, you know, like an eviction notice from an apartment, um, you know, like tons of stuff like that. Um, right. It's, it, you know, you go through these motions and when you, when you are experienced with these things, that the only way I can describe it is you find a way right? That's just, that's how it is. Now, some people, again, they might not, they might not be up for that stress. It is incredibly stressful, but you know, I will say that if you go and do it, usually speaking, and and I kind of talked to you about this before, you you just, you naturally find a way. Um, If you, you know, if you start building your, your company in a way to try and support yourself, right? And this is something that I talked about before, you pay yourself first, right? This is something that I learned along the way, right? Me too. Is, if you're protected, it <laughs> yeah. it makes it easier for you to continue moving forward, right? Yeah. And yeah. you just it naturally happens. It just you fall into this groove where it, you find a way to continue growing your business. You continue developing your products or whatever it is that you're doing, and you continue, you know, just moving forward in general. Um, yeah. But you don't get there until you start taking those steps. And the biggest thing is is just just step forward just just do it right yeah. sometimes <laughs> that know? step is a real leap man it's like getting off the i don't know if you guys remember like you know climbing up on the high dive maybe uh at the pool back in the day and you're literally like the first time you do it uh mm-hmm. it's it's that's a gnarly leap right and you just just 
don't know what's going to happen. And so, you know, there's a million different analogies and stuff, but your point is well taken that the, there is a bit of a personal evolution that happens because I, I, I always had a tendency to be ultra conservative. Like I'm not gonna, Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna do this until I have X dollars in the bank saved up or whatever it is. And we could talk about that. Like, I do think that there's some Mm -hmm. sensible, you know, look at what your costs are, uh, what your regular, Mm -hmm. you know, living expenses are. And, you know, you do want to give yourself a little bit of, of a runway, you know, because you're not going to do anybody any good if you're just constantly stressed and sweat. So it's like, you got to find that balance, right? You got to strike that balance. And that balance is going to be different. Everybody's risk aversion and risk tolerance is completely different. Um, and, and, and it changes, it changes, Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it it, it absolutely changed. I think it takes, it takes some assurance of like being out there and doing it and building some confidence to really, okay, this is working, you know, and, and it takes a long time sometimes prior to my starting rep cord, I was a web developer. I was a freelance web developer for almost 20 years. And okay. I fell into that because the job I had before I got laid off from the job I had before that, where I was, okay. I was a director of web development for a, for an, an ad agency that the, the agency kind of tanked, uh, sure. everybody got laid off. And, uh, luckily, you know, I had some contacts and people called me and I, and mm-hmm. I just kind of naturally was just doing some freelance work until I could figure out what was next. And I, it, I was lucky enough that it was just, I was good enough what I did, the phone kept ringing, but it probably took like three years before mm-hmm. I had just had my first kid at the time. I was oh, like, wow. Okay. When this project's over, I'm going to have to go find a job. I got to go get a job. But like, thankfully, like the next job came and the next job came in it mm-hmm. and it took a while. I'm like, I guess I'm a web developer now, but at no point <laughs> did I, did I expect to be a freelance, you know, developer. I had to learn all of the minutia around what that meant for how I had to handle my tech. Cause I wasn't getting a W w2 anymore i was or mm-hmm. can't remember what it, you know what i mean you know it wasn't getting yeah. a regular paycheck and so you know you had, had to figure out invoicing and billing and thankfully that those little stepping stones like allowed me that much more confident confidence with my next thing right mm-hmm. so it's an evolution and stuff for anybody that's here that is just looking for the formula andrew like mm-hmm. where if you're just talking purely financial in terms of mm-hmm. like what is a good indicator for like, say you got a little, uh, uh, shop going, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, doing, uh, CNC work for people or, you know, sure. making custom signs or something. Sure. What kind of revenue or what, mm-hmm. like, as, as it relates to your required monthly expenses, like what would you save? So, so yeah, so, you know, the, the big thing is, is every business is going to be a little bit different, right? And everyone's personal needs are going to be a little bit different. For me, you know, when I, when I went off, I was, you know, 18 years old. And then when I redid this, you know, whole venture with 3D Gloop, I was like 25, right? right. Um, 26, you know, I'm, I'm still fairly young. I don't have really a family. I'm married now, but at the time it wasn't. At the time when I did my first venture, I was single, right? So for, for me, 
I was living on living on a buddy's couch, didn't have to worry about rent, you know. So my my barrier to entry was very low, right? Sure. Um, I think I had like maybe a month's worth of savings, you know, when I went and took the leap, right? And yeah. that that that's like at most, mind you, it was probably more like a couple weeks. <laughs> um, but you know, when I redid this for 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 three D Gloop, my I was kind of, again, in a very similar position. I, I didn't have a whole lot saved, but what I did have was a job offer. And I decided to not ah. go down that job offer and, you know, go in. You know, that was a, a very lucrative job offer. We can get into that later. But, you know, the, the thing was for me, uh, you know, I'm uh, uh, after doing this, I'm kind of accustomed to living so close to the wire. But I've had other people in kind of the startup space that I've talked with, you know, they kind of mentioned they like to have around at minimum three months, roughly worth of savings. And to figure out when that, that transition point is, is, yeah. is really when the, the revenue coming in on kind of, you know, just an okay month, right. Would be enough for them to basically scrape by not, not so much that, um, you know, they, they couldn't make, you know, ends meet, but not so much that they're living lavishly either, right? Okay. Just like kind of right there again against the wire where they're hopefully not going to have to touch it, that savings. Um, right. Because what you find is, is that when you start devoting more time, you actually start finding ways that you can increase your efficiency or you can increase your revenue by putting more energy into whether it's marketing, whether it's awareness, whatever it might be, right? Maybe it's even stepping up to that next level where you're adding a little bit more detail or a little bit more care to your work instead of being split between two things. And yeah. that just sends your quality through the roof, right? Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, that's where that's where it's it's always going to be a gray line. Right. And it's going to be kind of muddy waters, if you will, trying to figure out exactly what's right for you. But, you know, generally speaking, I'd say somewhere around you have a couple months for the savings if you're OK being a little bit risky. Right. Yeah. And when that time is, it, you know, when to make that leap, I would say is somewhere around the lines where your revenue coming in could support you. Now I'm not talking about taking taxes out or anything else like startups, right? You know, you're going to play it a little fast and loose. I think that's kind of the best way in many cases, <laughs> um, you know, where you're probably going to be doing 1099 contractor, right? Um, that's what we right. did here for the longest time. And, you know, you kind of kick some problems down the road, but again, what you find is they kind of work themselves out. Um, for Listener, for those of you guys who don't know, 1099 contractor is basically somebody that's not on your payroll, but you're just paying them for the services. Uh, and uh, obviously, when your contract is done, you can either just keep going or not. But uh, that that puts the onus on the filing and the paying of the taxes on that particular contractor mm -hmm. and stuff, which is a very common thing to do. Laws have changed recently, especially in California, uh, thanks to you know companies like Uber and the gig economy, where uh, they're really cracking down on uh, the use of contractors uh, when you're not supposed to. So, for example, I actually have a manufacturing facility. I am not allowed to have anybody that's like on the floor that's required to be here actually be a contractor uh, because mm -hmm. we have to make sure we're we're covered with workman's comp and all these. And these are all things that I had to learn as I as I went, but, uh, that's mm -hmm. a, that's a bit, bit of a digression. Your, your point is well taken that obviously, you know, the calculus is, you know, what is your personal living situation? What are your, you know, what are your monthly expenses? Like what kind of revenue are you getting out or do you realistically see that you can get out? So, you know, maybe it's, 
you're going to be lean for a bit. Maybe you're mm-hmm. going to be in credit card debt for a bit, you know, like so it, yeah. how, how willing are you to take on debt? Maybe you've got some friends and family that believe in what you're doing that are willing to invest a little bit. Uh, and, um, <clears throat> you know, that gives you some runway. So it's really about giving yourself a runway that you're comfortable with, but not, I, I think back to the, is it, was it Buffett that had the famous saying, like when he was talking about actually, this was like giving his kids mm-hmm. money. It's like, give them, give them enough to do something, but not enough to do nothing. Yep. And it's, <clears throat> excuse me a second. It's uh, it's the same mentality. I think that you want just enough to get, you know, going on that runway, but you certainly don't. And this is the dangers I think of venture capital mm-hmm. a lot of the time you get, you get the coffers are really bloated mm-hmm. and then you're like, Oh, I got, I got plenty of cash and it doesn't feed the hunger in the same way. So yep. we're both yep. bootstrapped and we both like, kind of like that, you know, I want to put my money where my mouth is and stuff. I'll say just to share my personal uh, story, like I was lucky enough that uh, I did, I did borrow a little bit money from my, from my parents. uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that certainly helped get me started, but it was really not, it was, I used it solely for operational stuff. So for up until 2020, the beginning of 21 last year, Mm -hmm. uh, I was still, I pivoted so that my web development stuff, I basically got rid of most of my sure. client or I just stopped taking more work. And I mm-hmm. went from Repcord being the side hustle to the web development being the side hustle, just so I had a little bit of residual income. And I, unlike you was, I had to kind of learn that pay yourself first. I was paying myself last. I, mm-hmm. I was using every dollar I had to uh, invest in inventory to pay my you know, payroll and all that stuff. And, you know, now I feel more comfortable at that point where I'm like, okay, uh, I'll start taking a draw. And, and that, sure. that number has started to become more consistent. And so at the, at that point, <clears throat> when I, when I felt like we had enough revenue coming in, like I started taking that, but I'm coming from a major place of privilege in that I still had savings I could draw from. I still had, mm-hmm. you know, I always figured like worst case, I can always like take on some more web work if I needed to. Like I've Mm -hmm. always had these like things that I felt like, Hey, worst case I can fall back on this. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that's not always the case for everybody. And so it's like that factors into the equation as well. Right? Like how comfortable are you with pivoting back to something else? If what you're doing isn't working or takes longer than you expect, because it will take, longer than you expect yeah, it will take it always does longer mm-hmm. um, and and i will say i will say expect the pivot right you, you never get it right on your first try never yeah um yeah. and y- you know you 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 are naive to think that hey I, i've got this thing right i'm gonna jump in there's gonna be something whether it's not day one day 30 day 90 you know when whenever the pivot is going to need to happen um and it could be just a simple pivot but it's going to be something that needs to happen and you know understanding that you know hey i got it wrong but i'm going to figure it out that's kind of the biggest key i think um you know in in just taking that leap um because you don't know what you don't know you know jordan (laughs) yeah i know it's true you don't and uh, you love you love saying that, and it's absolutely right. Uh, there's just the journey is fraught with all the things that we don't know. Uh, Jordan yep. Mad Monkey brings up a really good comment in the chat. Um, sometimes a loan can help spur that drive. I I will say personally that that 
was very much the case for me. Like, I, mm -hmm. like I said, it was, it was enough. Uh, I'll just be honest with it. It was, I, I borrowed, uh, $20,000 from my, my parents twice. And then I've since paid it down. I think I still owe them 10. So there's my awesome. personal finances for you guys. <laughs> I, I could pay it off. I could pay it off today if I wanted to, but I will say sure. that that did motivate me. Like I can't fail because like, I don't want to, uh, mm -hmm. you know, stiff my parents. Now that said, they, they knew full well, like, like they're not going to invest something that they're not potentially willing to lose. They love me and all that stuff. But I know that I sure. know guys that that is a privilege that I have that not everybody has. Um, and I know that, you know, borrowing money, uh, is everybody has a different opinion on that. How much debt is, is, is reasonable. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you read these stories about entrepreneurs all the time. That'll just like get credit cards and max that debt, which is insane. Right. Cause you're paying like 20 something percent interest on a lot of that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. and that could be potentially damaging. And I, I, you know, I don't know, but you probably have an opinion, like what degree of debt is, is, is there such a thing as good debt, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and is it a, a motivating tool that you would? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I completely think that it is a, it is a motivating tool. And, you know, for, for us, when we did, when we did gloop, um, you know, we didn't, put in you know we put in a little bit of our own money but mostly it was just from you know the the grind right uh, it was coming yeah. in from trying to get people to buy the product and that's how you know we built this um yes we had credit cards yes we you know used that to kind of float you know the the money as it was moving through the accounts but um you know there are there are absolutely good debts because again that makes you hungry right right if right. you can't pay that debt back then you know you, you're you're gonna fail. Um, but you know it's a it's a good it's a good way to just keep it keep the pressure on you. Um, yeah. You know because yeah. when you're when you're not putting that pressure on, right? You start to get relaxed, and that's a, a, what happens to a lot of small businesses, right? Oh, complacency when they, when they, kills, man. Yeah. Yeah. So they get they get going, right? And things are good. Like I see this happen all the time with restaurants, right? Restaurants are one of the most common small businesses. They'll yeah. get going, they'll get going good, and hey, you know they've got great sales, they've got great you know uh, patrons, everything's going good, and then they start like, okay, hey, yeah, let's start relaxing a little bit, right? You know, and they they start letting some quality slip here or there right oh just one time is not that big a deal you you normalize it and then eventually what ends up happening is is they never continue to grow and right. they kind of stay stagnant for a while and then eventually that newness wears off maybe enough of this you know annoyances pile up they're no longer you know patrons are no longer going there as much and then the business crashes and burns right yeah. Um, yeah. whereas a startup i think you have to be incredibly hungry continue operating in that startup mentality, right? Once you start mm. making money as a startup, you're no longer a startup. You're you're now a company, right? Yeah. But if you keep that mentality like, hey, I'm hungry. I got to keep running. I got to keep moving. If you keep that startup mentality, I think you're going to be good, you know? Yeah. And I, I got to tell you guys, like as much. So l just to give uh, everybody some background, uh, Gloop started in what, 2018? I think you told me. 2018. So mm -hmm. you're four, you're four years old now. Repcord started mm -hmm. in, in uh, April of 2016. So we're pushing six years. Um, mm -hmm. It took, it took me a good four, four years, like honestly mm -hmm. of, of like real grind, like before I got to the point where I started paying myself guys. Yeah. So I understand that everybody's, it's going to get, 
different. And we hear this all the time, out of the grind and all this stuff. And some people never make it there, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, and and I'm not saying that I've made it by any means either, because there are plenty of things that can just make the whole thing come crashing down uh, at any yep. given moment. But, um, you know, house to of get cards, to the, right? it is <laughs> absolutely a house of cards. And, um, you know, to, to get to that comfort level, I mean, it's, it's a great achievement, but it's, I, you, you also can't lose that hunger. Like you said, like I still mm-hmm. operate paying myself the, the least amount and and still vastly re- because there's a lot of growth that still needs to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a bit of a digression, but to, when we start talking about what is success and, you know, getting more into that uh, there, there is a tendency in the business world, I think for people to just want to grow, 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 grow. Right. Like mm-hmm. you, you get into the race and you go and, mm-hmm. and you're not looking back and you're not ever stopping to analyze like, wait, do, do I want, what, what am I going for here? Like, what is the goal? Like, because business is by, by nature, just like it, it like it scale, it seems like it wants to scale and it can happen fast. Like you hit, you hit a critical mass point. Like once you start, you know, getting a certain degree of, 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 of customer repeat customer base exposure, vendor you know uh, uh mm-hmm. resellers things like that that where it, it ramps up quick and it's not necessarily the best move to just like chase after that growth right mm-hmm. yeah. so we'll have to reserve that i think we had it in our topic list is like this could be its mm-hmm. own thing yeah. but um you know it's something to be mindful of because you certainly could get in a place there are plenty of very successful single owner businesses out there that, that are just more than happy to just work out of their garage. I have a good friend that's a knife maker and it, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's his job in retirement. Sure. But, but he doesn't want to grow. He's like, I don't want to, I don't, I don't need to grow. I'm happy. I make the yeah. amount of knives that I need to like sustain the business, pay myself a little something. Then I go on vacation. Um, and that's more of a lifestyle business, right? You know, lifestyle business. That's a, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, you're doing something to help you live a specific lifestyle that you want. And there's nothing wrong with those lifestyle businesses, right? Um, yeah. You know, and, and a lot of times, you know, uh, you, you kind of naturally fall into those um, as a as a business owner, right? Where y- you get a little bit complacent, but it, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you don't need to continue to grow. You don't need to be the next Uber, right? Or Facebook yeah. or something yeah. like that. Well, and I don't know about you, but I mean, to me, that's like, that's my dream for retirement, right? Like, I'm not the Mm -hmm. kind of person that can just like go sit on a beach and read. Like, I can't do nothing. (laughs) Okay. But like, I would love to just like, just make it manageable, make it comfortable, make sure if if it's not fun, I'm not doing it, you know? And uh, Mm -hmm. that's, that's, I'm absolutely not there. I do tons of not fun stuff all the time. Uh, And, (laughs) and you know, the, the, the way I reward myself uh, with the, with the growth is when I can afford to say, hire somebody else to do all the things that I don't like doing. Right. And so mm-hmm. hopefully like that, to me, that's my, that's my goal. That's my strategy. I want to get the company to a place that it's sustainable, that I have the support that I need, uh, uh, to do all the things that I'm not good at or don't want to be doing. Uh, and, um, and then, you know, just, I don't know. I don't know if it's cruise. I don't know if it's sell it, but, but sure. to have the, to have the options, right? Sure. Um, absolutely. Th- this is a new thing for me coming from the web development world where I was a, I was a one man wolf pack, you know, I was, it, the company was me to, to having something that actually like feels like it could be a tangible company that could be sold is a completely different thing. And that's, that's, 
you know, it's a, it's a different service-based job industry where you're, you're solo. Like, yes, you could start hiring other people and subcontracting out and create an agency, I suppose. Um, Mm -hmm. but that wasn't the direction I wanted to go with that business. That was part of the reason I kind of got away from it. I was kind of getting burned out on that. And we talk about the pivot a lot of times too, allowing yourself the pivot, uh, uh, getting, you know, succeeding to a level two where, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you're pivoting for a lifestyle choice, not necessarily out of necessity to, you know, keep the business running. Absolutely. Yeah. Lots, uh, lots there. For, for us, you know, for, well, for me, right. I can't speak for the other Andrew. Um, you know, my, my goal is, is, you know, I, I want to build kind of something that lasts and, you know, to me, I, I see this as, a way to leave a kind of a mark. Now I'm not saying Gloop's going to be around forever. Right. But what I want to do is I want to continually, (laughs) I want to empire of sticky. (laughs) I want to continue building other cool things. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy who again is, is always driven to push myself to learn something new. Right. And there's always things that I'm working on. You know, it's the way I keep myself kind of contained and and, and sane in many cases as a maker, right? You know, I I have that itch and I've got to scratch it a little bit. But, you know, this is a this is a means to the next project, the next thing that I want to work on. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a way that I can kind of leapfrog uh, from one step to the next, the next. Uh, you know, I, I want to build Gloop to have kind of that empire sticky. I, you know, there's a really cool product list. There's really cool things that we've been working on kind of in the background that we don't really talk about, but that I fully believe have the potential of really changing things, you know, in, in many cases. Um, whether we'll ever get to actually commercialize them, who knows, right? We're going down a really hard path where we're bootstrapping. We could go out probably today and, you know, with my experience, I could probably raise a couple million bucks. Yeah. For, for how far I've taken the company, right? Yeah. And only have to give up just a few percent. But I don't want to, right? It's taking right. away that drive. And, you know, I've been tempted before, right? When when we won our Arch Grant, right? That was $50,000 yeah. of, of basically free money. It was like, yeah. wow, we can run so much faster because we had all of this cash just infused in the business. But, you know, it, and it was very tantalizing, right? We're like, oh man, we could just, we, you know, like, there's investors that have talked to us that are interested in throwing money our way, right? Yeah, they want yeah. us. But yeah. again, it wasn't the right thing for the business because I wanted the challenge, but also at the same time, I'm using it for growth, right? And I'm right. using it for personal growth more so. So it's a right. little bit of both where it's a lifestyle, but it's also hopefully something where I can turn into kind of a legacy in, in, yeah. in a case, Yeah, you know? Well, and you're absolutely right. I've had the same temptation. The temptation is strong uh, to chase after dollars sometimes because dollars are, you know, what fuel, you know, your ability to do the mm-hmm. things that you want to, maybe it's get more equipment, maybe it's hire more people and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, when it, when you're talking about equity, you know, uh, equity is expensive. You know, people do not mm-hmm. like, you're right. Yeah, fine. Maybe you'll give up a point or two. And in the big scheme of things, if you're growing to where you, you, you know, you hope to be, hopefully that's, nothing yeah uh but uh it it also doesn't you know can come with a a cost of like you said other people's expectations you know and Mm -hmm. uh it can get bad enough like some people like you know give up enough where they lose their business and stuff like that so you know and it happened to me you know that exact scenario happened to me in my first one you know 
Um, yeah. It was something where I did, I played too fast, too loose. I raised money and, you know, eventually it led to me departing the company and just saying, you know what, I'm done. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so <laughs> I've, I've kind of experienced a little bit of both. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and once you've had, and uh, Vishal brings up an interesting point, he goes, bootstrapping is a one-way street. Um, it, it can be. I mean, you can certainly always, there's always people that will want to invest in you. Like, you can you probably, if you're mm -hmm. successful, if you're doing a good job, like, there are people that will absolutely want to lend you money. Uh, that's the, There's mm -hmm. no doubt in that. But uh, I think the point of it is more that once you start down the road and you're like, wait a minute, I don't need investors. Like, I can mm -hmm. do this myself. Now, I told you, I, I was in the grind for four plus years, you know, so that yeah. is the price of bootstrapping a lot of time. And it's, and then it, it, when you say grind, it's like, you're doing all the things you hate. Like I, I was doing my own tag. I still do my own tag. I keep saying every year I'm mm -hmm. going to hire an accountant to do my, own. <laughs> but it's like, I want to be, I force myself into that discomfort because I want to be that close to the pulse and I want to understand it. Now that said, you start crossing into that space where that's a luxury that I just can't afford in terms of like where I need to be focusing sure. my time and stuff like that. Um, but it is a good, you know, good thing to understand. Um, it, 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 it's not to say one way is right or the, the other is right. I think that there's any number of ways that you can do it. You can be successful. You can be failure. Mm -hmm. Tons of both venture funded or, and uh, bootstraps have failed and succeeded. Yep. So, um, yeah, it, it comes, it again, comes down to that kind of that personal, like, who are you? What is it that you're willing to put in? What kind of skin we didn't really, I, I, it's a personal question. You don't have to share this if you don't want to, but it's like, talk mm -hmm. about your amount of skin in the game. Um, you know, I know, yeah. like I, t I told you, I got a loan, but I also threw in way more of my own money as well. Uh, yeah. to, the, to the tune of about, uh, I think, about 80 80 000, like when i between when i first started so so sure, now that yeah, alone so, that's that's yeah. personal finance saving i, I know i know yeah, that's interesting yeah. but it's and there's a lot of people that you shouldn't be sharing that information but i think that this oh, is yeah. kind of yeah, interesting so, so stuff for for us right um you know the story of gloop is is pretty funny um you know so it was uh, about a year after year and a half after i officially left my previous startup and you know i was i was just done i was burnt out um you know the investors that i had the private equity guys they wanted to do a different direction um too much infighting too much you know this that whatever um mm -hmm. but i was on my way out for about a year before that uh so you know there was a period of time for around two three years where you know i was just kind of bumming around just trying to figure out what i wanted to do um uh, you know, I, I had money um, where I wasn't, you know, hungry. Um, you know, I, I, I was living out of savings, whatever. Um, but it was, you know, starting to dry up, right? I knew I was going to have to do something. And yep. so I started looking for jobs, that sort of stuff. And th that was when it was like, hey, I don't really want to work for someone else again, right? Like, yep. I, I didn't like that the first time. Uh, and so I think I got down to roughly like 25 about 25 grand, right? Whereas okay. like, you know what? I think I'm going to make a run. I'm going to do these this project that I've been working on. Um, you know, I was I was helping the other Andrew go ahead in. 
No, I was just I was just asking you just like <laughs> okay. push all your chips to the middle. That's what I envisioned you doing. All in. <laughs> yeah, basically. So I was helping the other Andrew. Um, so his dog um unfortunately got uh, basically leukemia, bone cancer, and he got back into 3D printing. Um, you know, we had both been 3D printing for a long time. Uh, you know, really building for prototypes, mechanical engineering stuff that, you know, all of that fun stuff. Um, okay. he was having problems with his, I think he got a CR10. And he was having problems. He came to me. He's like, "Hey, could could you help me? Like, I'm I'm having some issues." And I said, "Yeah, sure. Why not? You know." And um, you know, I started working with him, trying to figure out because he was trying to glue plastics together. And I was like, "Hey, I kind of know how to do this." Um, and so I came up with a solution, and we figured it out. We're like, "Okay, this is cool." We never intended on turning into a business, right? right at that moment, yeah. right? Um, but it was, uh, around, I don't know, a couple weeks later, I, I just, I was like, wait a second. Like I was constantly thinking about what I wanted to do. Right. Yep. It was like, what if, what if we took this and turned it into a business and, you know, actually turned it into a product because it seemed to help you and you really enjoyed it. Why, why not, why not see if other people would enjoy it? Right. 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 And that was that moment where I said, oh, Hey, I I've got a little bit of savings left. I'm going to put it all in. Right. And we're, we're just going to give it this thing a run for it. Yeah. Um, and just see where it goes. And so that was where we just, you know, Andrew as well, he didn't have a job at the time. He was actually, Oh, I'm sorry. He, he had a an offer of employment. So his offer of employment was for a defense contractor. Okay. And I was then after about a few weeks, few months, I'd say into this, I got an offer of employment that I said, you know, what? Nope, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm doing this. Um, and you know, it was a, it was a lot, but so we put, I put about 25,000 of my own money in at the very beginning. And okay. then, uh, you know, we, we ended up raising, um, I think it was $8,000 in the Kickstarter. And then right. over the course of the next few months, uh, again, we had to put more money in, um, you know, my wife, well, at the time she was just my girlfriend said, Hey, here's, you know, a couple extra grand, you know, let's put it in. Uh, the other Andrew contributed, you know, um, you know, a few grand. Just to, yeah. again, keep the thing moving. But we yeah, yeah. always wanted to make sure we didn't, you know, we didn't want to go out and ask for loans um, from people because, again, we wanted that that drive, that that you know, that I, I would say stress of being able to connect the loop, right? But, and make but it like the manageable, manageable stress, you know, not yes. to the point you're sweating. yeah, yeah. Okay, so twenty five yeah. in seed, uh, yeah. and, and and to be clear too, when I was saying like like when we talk about uh, over the years, like when I was saying like, Oh, I, I put in 80 of my own and then I had a loan for 40. Like that was over the course of the many years sure. that I've been doing this. I seeded with 20 as well to start. And then mm -hmm. you kind of, and that's a, that's a good way to do it. Right. It's like, you're, you're testing the waters. Like mm -hmm. the, I, I, I'm not an all in guy. Like I didn't take all of my savings and necessarily push, but like at the time I was still married and said like, okay, let's see, let's see what we can get with, you know, 20. And for, when you look at that as compared to like, well, had I invested that 20 grand in the stock market or something at the time, you know, yeah. I'm still probably not as well off as I would have done, but like, I think that I'm on a, on a trajectory and I love the fact that I'm investing in myself and my own returns. Absolutely. So like over time, I think the potential is far, 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 far greater, but. Yeah. For, for, for us, you know, it was, it was very much so all in. Right. Um, and it was, uh, it was a little hard to stomach at first. Um, but it was, it was pretty funny because so at the time when we were launching the Kickstarter, we, 
you know, we knew that it was, there was a potential or wouldn't fund. Right. And we were just, we weren't trying to actually make a full run at it. We were just trying to see, Hey, could it actually start? Right. Cause yeah. I like, you know, I could have always said, okay, Hey, I'm going to go get a day job, you know, somewhere else. Right. Um, you know, you always have those safety nets that you build for yourself. Um, but for, for us, it was, uh, okay, let's invest in the equipment. Let's invest in the laboratory. Let's invest in all of the stuff to actually synthesize the polymers and, and everything else. And, you know, I remember buying all of this stuff before the Kickstarter even succeeded. Yeah. And so it was that moment that we, we had this drive already. And we're like, hey, we just read about Earth, like the inaugural Earth. And we're like, let's buy a hotel room, Right. And we bought the cheapest hotel room and we literally <laughs> left on a Thursday night at like 11 o'clock and we drove 16 hours straight through. I think yeah. It was close to 18 straight yeah. through. And, we, you know, we got there and, you know, we, we set up and that's kind of the event that that really launched the company. Right. Yeah. Um, but it, again, it was it was driven from the aspect that we went all in. Right. Both Andrew and I were like, you know what, we're going to put everything we have into this thing. We're going to do it all in. And, you know, it, it was it, like we took my car, we drove it there. It didn't have headlights, mind you. And we drove what? it night. What? Yes. <laughs> it had running lights, but no headlights. Um, oh, okay. This know, had we running lights. Okay. Yep. We were, we were basically, you know, out of money. Right. You know, it was like, hey, listen, we have to make this thing work because we invested all of this money up front in order to produce the stuff. We don't even know if it's actually going to work yet. Right. But it was one of those things where we bet and we bet hard. And, right. you know, we drove we drove all the way to Earth, you know, and again, it was just it was just on a whim. Right. We're like, we're going to give this thing a shot. Yeah. And, you know, it worked out right now. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, and, you know, when it doesn't, you have to be comfortable with losing that. Right. Yeah. And, and for me, I was comfortable. Yes, it would have sucked. Right. But at the end of the day, if it didn't work, it didn't work. Right. Yep. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'd been through this enough before to know that, hey, I could always pivot. I could always take it and turn it into something else. Um, you know, that's the way I look at it. And if you yeah. always invest in yourself, I don't think you can I, I don't think you really can disappoint yourself, because if you if you honestly give it a good shot. Right. You're going to yeah. grow from it. You're going to learn. And yeah. it, it, I think it's money well spent. Right. I think. I th yeah, I think that's right. I think that uh, so much of the decision of whether or not you're ready to, to, to make the leap has to do with your personal belief in yourself. A lot of the time mm -hmm. that you have to have the confidence in yourself that you're going to get there. So for some people it's money, some people it's other indicators. You mentioned two great indicators like Kickstarter is, is used or has been used to good effect mm -hmm. it's been used to bad effect too, but it's been used yes. to good effect as an indicator. So when we talk, when I mean, when I say indicator, I'm talking about like, what are those confidence builders that take you from like the side hustle to the, like, let's go all in moment. Right. So mm -hmm. Kickstarter is kind of a, again, like, I think that's allowed people a nice way to like kind of dip your toe in and you're playing with other people's investment to some extent. Um, I, I'm, I think everybody has their own opinions about, about Kickstarter, but yeah, when I think you guys use it appropriately, you were, you raised, you know, a good amount to help the process along to say like, okay, mm -hmm. this is, but it was, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. It's almost like, it was a good indicator to you that like it was validation of the idea. We didn't have to, to keep have going. The Kickstarter. Yeah. We, you we, could have done we it without eight. 
we raised eight thousand dollars, right? Yeah. We didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. need the Kickstarter to actually do it. Right. Don't get me wrong; it it really helped, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, right? Again, I was willing to lose the initial investment, but also at the same time, I wasn't, right? And that was the yeah. drive. And so, if the Kickstarter didn't work, we were going to figure out some way to relaunch the company in some other capacity, right? Sure. You know. Sure. So, but yeah. and a lot of that is like I said, it's that's you having the confidence in yourself that I can pivot. Right. Like that mm-hmm. is, that is so much the, the, the real meat and potatoes of, of the, the thing. Do you mm-hmm. have confidence in yourself that if this doesn't work, I'm going to be fine. There are a lot yep. of people that sounds obvious, but there's a lot of people out there that are just like, uh, you know, doom and gloom. Like if this doesn't work, I'm going to be destitute. I'm not going to have mm-hmm. any friends. My family that lent me money is going to disown me. You know, like if you if you feel that way, if you don't have like at least some baseline belief in yourself, you're, you're not going to be able to like look for those indicators and keep stepping forward. Cause really success is, is such a moving target. It's like you're, you're there's stepping stones mm-hmm. along the way. So Kickstarter for you was one of them. I, I was the same as you where it's like, we, when, when Travis and I first put together the rep design, the rep box, we just like, let's go to earth with this and, you know, see how it goes. And that was such an amazing validation of having people, mm-hmm you know, come in, look at it, say, Hey, can I buy this from you? You know? And you're like, Oh, there's actually something here. I really, really recommend these like trade show maker fairs, like the community interaction stuff for that Mm -hmm. reason. Like you need that metric to like help you build the confidence that you need to take the next step. Cause it's just a series of steps. Yep. Absolutely. You know, and and I, I will say that you will always find an excuse to not do something, right? Um, it's too easy. I think the biggest thing is, is you just, you just got to, sometimes you just got to do it, right? And if you're going to do it, give it your all, right? Really just do, do it right. Do it right the first time. Yeah. Um, you know, and stop coming up with that next excuse of, oh, I didn't do it because of this, or I didn't do it because of that, yeah. you know? excuses aren't okay but that's way you know way easier said than done for a lot of people like having that confidence uh and it just depends where you are in your life there's a lot of people that are just like like i said the the risks are lower Mm -hmm. when it's just you and you're young and you've got your entire life ahead of you it's a totally different calculus when you you know you've got people dependent on you for you know food and support and stuff too so like again uh very personal decision but you know there there are little experiences that we've had um mm-hmm. to get us there really quick show note we're we're closing in on on about an hour um for those of you who have been with us on the past twitter spaces episodes we do have a uh, ability to call in uh if you are interested in sharing a question or comment uh where it's it's audio only but we'll we'll hear you and the stream can hear you um the link for that is in the description you got to expand it so it so it goes down it's a little tiny url and stuff like that and that links you directly into our kind of our switchboard uh so mm-hmm. if you're interested in doing that you certainly uh can and uh don't worry it doesn't just immediately throw you into the feed we have a operators standing by um <laughs> and and if that's not for you if you're not in a place where you can talk we really always welcome the feedback in the chat as well if you want to ask questions in there i've always already seen a bunch of great ones good commentary uh so you know feel free or whatever we are here for you guys to help try to operate in in whatever way but if you have questions and comments uh that we can kind of dig in on a little bit as we wrap up uh we can uh get those out there um wow you know like 
<laughs> this is uh, this is such a great topic, and I I don't feel like I feel like I owe it to you guys to share a, a, a story of like hardship, I guess, for me in in my journey because. I had a moment and I'm guessing you may have had a moment or a lot of people have a series of moments where I, I was like this close, the 11th hour. To oh just, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I'm done. Yep. Um, yep. and, uh, it, it, in fact, that was where I was at the point where I was like taking out a loan. And, um, I, I think I've shared with a lot of you guys before, like, unfortunately I went through a divorce during the middle of it, that, it, that, that, you know, doing your own business is is really hard you're married to a completely other thing too so if you're if you're married mm -hmm. and then you're you're married to a business and you got you know two two significant mm -hmm. others oftentimes uh and it's very stressful in a, in a lot of different uh ways and and all that stuff so um there was uh there was definitely a moment for me where you know i'd been you know reinvesting reinvesting hadn't been paying myself was not only doing you know, I was doing my web development and I was doing Repcord on the side. It was like breaking even at best for three. You know, it was I took a loss the first two years. I broke even the third or very minimal, you know, so it's like I was like just I felt like I was this close for a long time, but it wasn't just quite getting over the hump. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was at a low point because like I had just gone through. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, it's it's just giving me gray hairs. This is stressing me out to no end. Uh, I, I, I feel like I'm going financially the wrong direction. I was, I was doing fine. I was making really good money doing what I was doing. I wasn't happy, but I was, you know, making good money as a web developer. Sure. Um, and, uh, I, I did, I did have a moment where I was like, I, I think I'm done and, um, had a, had a good heart to heart with my dad about the whole thing. And, and I said, you know what? Like, I think th and that was probably my all in moment where I was like, okay. Um, I, I wasn't in a point where I could put any more of my personal funding in, um, or I didn't want to at least. And, uh, said, I think if we can really like get the sales on our rep boxes and stuff to like over this level. And I think if I, if I just, I'm, I'm going to put 20 more in and that was going to be my indicator. And, mm -hmm. uh, that was right at about the time we'd, we'd, we'd already been to earth. We'd already done that. Um, you know, sales were steady, but again, for a long time, it was like maybe, you know, five sales a week or something. It wasn't even like okay. a sale a day. Um, okay. you know, and, and I wasn't paying myself and I was putting in all the, you know, these hours and I was trying to do both jobs at once. And so mm -hmm. I, I don't know, I don't know how I came up with that number, but I was just like, 20 like i kind of used a financial indicator and mm -hmm. and i and i think the loan like you know jordan and other people were saying like was a good like if i'm borrowing it from my like i don't want to disappoint my dad when i think about failure um mm -hmm. the indicators of fail like one i don't ever want to have to go back to work for somebody else i think that's a strong indicator mm -hmm. for a lot of you know entrepreneurs that drive us to keep going and two like i don't want you know my dad to feel like he invested in me and, you know, didn't make the right mm -hmm. choice. And luckily, like we just kind of kept going, kept going, kept going. And, and, uh, but it was a lot of reinvestment. And then I put a little bit more of my own in, and then he put a little bit more in when we started picking up distributor deals and, and then it tipped. Um, and, and yeah, know, but, but like I said, four and a half years, almost four, four years before I got to that point. 
I don't know. Ooh, do yeah. you have do you have any of those uh uh, uh almost yeah, out yeah there moments? was a <laughs> there was a period of time shortly after we launched that, you know, um we knew this would happen, right? But it was, you know, where we were where we were still selling the product, um, but we hadn't actually delivered anything yet. And, you know, it was starting to get really tight because we had a lot more money going out than money coming in. And, uh, you know, it was, it was getting hard. Uh, we managed through that. That wasn't too big of a deal, but it was about six months later where things started slowing down really, really bad. Um, and we couldn't figure out why, uh, we couldn't figure out it, it was it, was it just people weren't interested in the product? Was it that we weren't getting, you know, enough engagement? What, what was it? Right. Um, we were selling like maybe a bottle a day. At, at the most right and you know like uh, uh, for for you know for those that don't know you know a bottle anywhere from 20 to 30 dollars right and you know you can't live on 20 or 30 dollars a day and that's just revenue right that doesn't that's not yeah you gotta pay for your materials the, yeah, the sure. actual materials right yeah yeah um so yeah it started getting it started getting really tight um we did manage through it i don't think that we ever drew a line saying listen if it doesn't pick up we're gonna you know we're gonna go under but it was there was some definitely some moments where it's like okay hey we're gonna need we're gonna need to seriously look at see what's going on do we need to do we need to seriously reevaluate by raising some money to put into marketing or whatever because still to this day we don't do any marketing <laughs> uh, not terrible. never to the extent we would like to right i feel the same way it, you know yeah but um you know what's what was also interesting is during the pandemic right um sales just it, they exploded for us which was awesome but um you know we we kind of equate that to everyone being home and like oh hey i have this extra you know whatever it is commute time that i don't have to do and also, when people work from home, they're nowhere near as efficient as they are when they're in the office. Don't get me started so a on lot that. Of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of them are working, uh, you know, on their own personal hobbies. So that we equate that. But it was about 2021 that, you know, things, you know, we, we were in a groove. Oh, you know, we were able to pay me. Um, we were able to pay, you know, all of the bills, everything else on time. Um, and, you know, have a little bit money left over to reinvest into the company. But 2021 came around and, you know, there was a period of like three or four months where we weren't even breaking even. Um, yeah. And you know, it was just, it was out of nowhere. Um, and it, I remember having a conversation with the other Andrews just sitting down saying, well, what are we going to do? Like, you know, this, like things were great. What's going on? Like th this came out of nowhere. Um, and, uh, you know, we had uh, some, some late night discussions and, trying to figure out okay well you know if things don't write the ship then we're gonna have to bring someone else in to, to help us write this ship because yeah. clearly we were yeah. doing something right and then something changed and now we're not <laughs> right right yeah so but it's funny because change happens quickly uh we've got so much good comment uh commentary and questions in the chat i want to i want to um I, I want to, you mentioned, first of all, you mentioned the, the pandemic and that's an, that's been mm -hmm. an interesting one too, because I think, uh, first I was like, well, um, you know, if we can do this well in a pandemic year, we can do, you know, great wherever. Like I was taking the backwards look at it because, um, it felt like for a long time, everybody was just like climbing up on spending and are not sure about, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, we, we hear about the financial struggles of things, but your point about there's a lot more people at home uh you're home and you're taking up new hobbies and all that stuff and so they're spending money on 
hobby based stuff, which we both mm-hmm. you know, exist in as well. So, um, you know, that's the thing. Uh, who's a, who's in the name? Thank you very much. M- mentioned I didn't even bring up the whole Operation Shields Up chapter. That was a very big um, digression. And and it 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 added to the calculus a lot too because there were times where it felt really rewarding because we had this great community behind it and that was a great indicator. But then at the same time, I didn't have any revenue really coming in from anything else, and so that the stress of all that living off of my savings during that time, um, and the fact that I had like gotten way deeper into something than I ever expected to, and then spent longer trying to figure out how do I like wrap this up to a reasonable conclusion and not just like I'm walking away from this. you know, that, that was a very big, uh, chapter with a lot of ups mm-hmm. and downs as well in it. Um, Vishal brought up a really great question that I want you to take a stab at, uh, first. He says, how much did the fact that a big operator from another country can come in at scale and wipe you out? How much did that weigh on your mind before you decided to go all in? So I think it comes from, uh, my experience uh, kind of developing products. Um, there is always going to be a potential for someone to come in and wipe you out, right? There's always going to be potential. It doesn't matter how big you are. Sure. If someone wants to do it, they will absolutely do it. That being said, it's not the greatest business decision, right? Uh, you see all the time in the TV shows like, oh, hey, you know, such and such company's coming in to ruin me, right? That's yeah. not really how it works. Um, usually how it works is it's over time that they continually erode some of your customer base. But generally speaking, if you develop something that, you know, even if it's not proprietary and you have a brand behind it and you have an image and a community behind it, um, it it is an uphill battle, even for a big operator to come in and steal that away. It can happen. It does happen, but it's not the norm. I'd say it's the exception. And, you know, for us, right, there's a giant behemoth adhesive companies out there. And they could absolutely come in and say, hey, we're going to do something in the 3D printing space as well. This is why for us, we focused so heavily on branding and trying to like unify things. Like there's so much that I would love to talk about about this because we've spent the past, I'd say two years developing something that we we cannot wait to release a whole new you know kind of identity a whole new everything just building up to this point um and i think you have to realize yes that's a potential but i don't think it, it it's as big of a risk as many people let on to believe right yeah. Yeah. um you, you know I, that's just my opinion um most of the time if a company wants wants to do that it's easier and cheaper for them to buy you right yeah. And it, it, that's what happens. That's literally how it works is yeah. so many, so many companies, they want to be in the space. They look and see what the competition is instead of them reinventing the wheel. Why not buy it and just yeah. run with it? Yeah. You know, um, I, I think your, your point about, and we've talked about this on past shows too, is like the, the being in fear, fear is, um, shouldn't be a motivator. I mean, beyond like when you get into the realm of fear, like there, there is like, I'm a little stressed. I'm a little concerned about this. Like it's good to, mm-hmm. when you're looking at your SWOT analysis, that's strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. If you're over time evaluating, I, I always advise, like, I think it's a good thing just as an exercise to do that. And when you're looking at your threats, you know, competition is always the first thing that people are thinking of talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for for me <laughs> for a long time i was like uh, a, a child can reverse engineer my my flagship product uh if mm -hmm. if somebody in china decided that they wanted to just start cranking out these things like it wouldn't be hard for them to do it um but i don't i don't think i ever stopped and said i'm not going to do it because that this could be done mm -hmm. cheaper by some other uh, uh competitor like the, the part of the reason that your customer base wants to work with you is because it's you. It's not mm -hmm. like I'm just looking for the cheapest. There are always people out there that are looking for the cheapest X, Y, Z, but like mm -hmm. we don't have a commodity product in the way that, you know, all mm. people look at all consumables or the, the same, mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. Um, <clears throat> maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe you're moving toward that and stuff, but like there, there are some that would are. I, I don't need gloop. I can use CA glue or whatever interchangeably. Mm -hmm. They don't know what yeah. they're talking about. But, but the point mm -hmm. is that I don't think having that fear is of any benefit to you because it's not. Um, and it's and I don't think it often ends up being very founded very often either. Even yeah. if some, even if I think competition is a good indicator a lot of times of some degree of success because. It is. If there's money to be made in it, your co competitors will pop up, and that mm -hmm. that, if anything, is almost a sign that like, hey, you're you're on the right track here. Like, mm -hmm. there's other companies willing to invest in doing that and stuff. And so, yes, now you got to work a little bit harder for that customer base and stuff. But there's no reason that you can't be successful from that. Just to share Absolutely. a really quick anecdote around that, when we were doing the Shields Up thing that I talked about earlier, for those of you that don't know what that was, for we we shut down and started making PPE uh, in the early year, days of the pandemic, uh, face shields. And, um, it was like kind of the first experiment in distributed manufacturing where I literally like put out the twilight bark call of like everybody with a 3d printer, send me this frame and we'll laser cut the, the thing and we'll handle the pack and distribution and all that stuff. But, uh, early on, uh, the big companies were like, Oh, we're going to do this too." Apple. I don't know if you remember this or not, but Apple, like had basically created a face shield that was like all laser cut and folded. It was like an origami mm -hmm. um, uh, face shield. And mm -hmm. uh, I had so many people were like, well, that that was fun. This is going to be over now because Apple's going to make a million of these. They were saying something like, we're going to make a million of these a week. I don't know. I, I know that they made some of them. I don't know what happened. I don't think it, it ever turned into anything. Yeah, I don't think it ever turned into anything. I think that a yeah. lot of these these companies oftentimes are just trying to get that little PR piece. They're trying to then, get the clout. <laughs> yeah, the they're just clout. trying. Hey, we're gonna do it too. And and meanwhile, mm -hmm. like we're we're actually pounding the pavement, like packing these things and shipping them and stuff like that too. So, you know that that fear was well, one it wasn't a fear for me, but a lot of people were like, "This is stupid. Like, how are you gonna compete with Apple?" And I'm like, "Well, I'll believe it when I see it." And it, mm -hmm. I don't think it ever really came to fruition. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. If anybody knows differently in the chat. Um, but that kind of stuff happens all the time. And so sometimes mm -hmm. it's just, uh, you know, marketing PR yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so do we not have any takers on the, uh, on the call? -in? <laughs> yeah. You know, we'll, we'll have to dip our toe into that slowly. Cause, uh, uh, who, who knows? Like we, we, we tested it, uh, mm -hmm. on our own, but, uh, I don't know. Hopefully, uh, we just might not have any takers today too. And so it's something we can layer sure. on over time. Uh, but I'm happy if, you know, if people want to throw questions in the chat too, if you don't feel like you want to, a lot of times, you know, people getting out there and throwing their voice out there, that's intimidating, right? 
you know, even if sure. it's like, you know, we're not seeing you. Um, <laughs> oh, quick shout out. Mike, uh, Mike's got a birthday today. Happy birthday, Mike. Never oh, let awesome. the machines yeah, win. Happy birthday. Up in Canada. Good. Uh, uh, longstanding customer of mine. Met him at, yeah. uh, I think, uh, the first Earth I was at, or maybe the second Earth I was at. But, uh, yeah, man. Um, ah. I don't know. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up tonight? Yeah, geez. Geez. Um, there's there's just there's so much to talk about, right? Um you know We don't have to do it all today, Andrew. We don't have to do Yeah, it all I know, I know. It's just you know, we could I could keep going and going and going. So it's probably best that we, you know, we just try and put a bow on this and, and call it good. Um, you know, it, it's uh it's always it's always going to be a challenge, uh, I think, for anyone to 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 get up the mind and the muster, right? To just go and and take the leap. But I, I can say that if you're doing something and you you you're able to you know have a business with it, right? Like let's say you're selling something on Etsy, and uh, you know people are buying it, and you're generating a decent amount of of money. Um, seriously evaluate what it looks like for you to take that leap um you know you can do you know a swot analysis you can you know do kind of a pros and cons list of you know hey can i actually do this what am i going to have to change in my life to actually make this happen but yeah um i think i think doing it is you know you're going to look back if you didn't and say gosh i wish i would have you know um, there are so many things that I look back on and say, man, I wish we would have done this sooner. Right. Hindsight is 2020. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't regret even the times that I failed. I don't regret it. Um, yeah. you know, cause I learned so much. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, it's gotten so cliche, like, you know, the fails are, are that's where all the learning is. That's where the teaching is. And, and it, it sucks when you're going through it, but you know, mm-hmm. you're never really, failing you're just learning and hopefully mm-hmm. you know adopt adapting and and going to the next thing so um it's uh like i said it's a number of steps um oh look at this we actually hey have, we need to get the actual audio here it looks like uh um i i apologize if i say this wrong uh michael michael maybe michael he's gonna we'll, we'll have him come on here and and uh Let's see here. Let me just make sure I can hear him real quick and then we'll add him in. And all right. Hey, you are on with Pooch and Andrew. How are we doing, guys? Can you guys Welcome. hear me? Yeah, yeah. Say your name for us so we can. Uh... Hey, it's uh, Mihao. I know it's spelled a little differently, but it's from it's Polish. Oh, all oh, right. Well, awesome. Welcome, Mihao. How are you? Thanks for joining us today. Good. Uh, yeah. I have a, I have a question because I feel like with what you guys were saying, I'm kind of in that situation, uh, in a very similar situation. I'm a software engineer right now. I'm working for a large fortune uh, fortune company, and I started 3D printing in 2020, and I didn't see what it was going to become. Right now, okay. I'm making pretty much the same thing doing both, right? And I'm not sure okay. if you guys have been there. You get pretty thinned out by doing both at the same time right yes yeah so absolutely you do (laughs) so so i'm in the middle of that and uh i know that's a personal thing there's so many factors that it doesn't uh it's hard to and be have a clear answer 
So sure. My question is, since I didn't see this coming, I stuck with the Creality products just because they were they were on the cheaper side and a lot of forums were out there. So a lot of questions I had were able to be okay. answered. So I ended up scaling up to about, I, I have 23, but 20, 20 uh, CR10 V2s are Ooh, running 24 wow. seven pretty much making my, my uh, computer uh, accessory products, right? Okay, awesome. So I'm in the middle of, I, I bought some products and, t- and I'm doing my own testing. I'm doing linear rails and the E3D Chimera uh, upgrade onto those. Okay. And I'm not seeing if it's totally worth it to upgrade all of them. My question is, is it worth it to upgrade all these printers or does it make more sense just to right off the bat, keep these printers running, they're doing a good job, scale with, with Prusas and start start liquidating those and kind of like phasing them out. You know, this is a really, this is a really great question. First of all, thank you for jumping on and, and asking. Mm-hmm. And it's near and dear to me because I run a rather substantial print farm. Uh, I, I do run Prusas, but before that I was running uh, actually a bunch of Sidewinders that I had modded. So I've been down this mm-hmm. road. Um, and uh, I, I, this is obviously everybody's gonna have a different opinion here. Okay. But mm-hmm. let's, let's just talk really quick. Uh, Mihal, if you could um, just get, give everybody that doesn't know, like a sense of like, what, what's your cost on the upgrades uh, just materials cost. And then what kind of time does it the take you to do these upgrades? Mara runs me after tax about one thirty Cause I get, I get it off of, uh, I think it's uh, matter hackers is, I think is the website. I buy them off there. Mm-hmm. And then okay. There's, there's, uh, there's, there's another website. I'm not sure what, what their official name is, but, uh, full kit X, Y, Z cost me just, just under $600. So, so it's you're talking about a 7:30 all in. Yeah. You know, so the, before, for before a, your time. yeah, for a hundred, what was it, 130 bucks more? I can get a Prusa that, the the standard Prusa, I think that's the Mark III, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mark III S for, plus now for yeah. for just a little yeah. bit more, and I get a another printer, and B right. it has it has uh, the auto leveling. It mm-hmm. it's a standard printer, so it's OEM shouldn't have that many issues. Yeah, and 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 to be fair, uh, Prusas aren't perfect. Uh, but, oh no, no printer is perfect. I understand. But having having run farms of Creality, so, so I said I had Sidewinders. I also had when we were doing Shields Up, uh, Creality actually donated a, a bunch of Ender threes. Uh, yeah, to I saw us. your so video about of... you running the the print mills as well. Those are really cool. Print mills, yeah, and and so a lot of the challenges with that are the um, the potential instabilities, like like just the, the quality of the board quality on the boards, like having boards go out, having fans go out, like, like there's just all, there's always something. And, you know, the, the Prusas will have fails and stuff here and too, but is, is vastly less. I, I, I will say mm-hmm. that the other, the other value that I think people don't, you know, take on or take into account with the Prusas is like, I keep saying like, it's, it's the ecosystem. It's the, the amount of testing they do around having a slicer that is validated for these very printers uh, regularly, it is 
um, it is still one of the biggest communities out there. There are a ton of people uh, out there. It is a a little bit more, but when you're going down this road now, where and 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 your biggest cost isn't necessarily in your materials upgrade, but the amount of time it's going to take you to upgrade all of those things, and and what kind of quality difference are you really seeing? Like, I mean, it's it's probably better for that that particular printer than a say a stock CR10 S2. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. YouTube, oh, sorry. I I've done I've done some tests. It's for for the same quality the the print times have gone down between 30 to 20 percent depending on the product so you're cutting time too which is which is good now but t- talk about how much time it takes you to implement these upgrades so you're you're doing linear rail we can talk about the cost of that plus the hameras you know good i mean you can get a really good printer out of that too now that said i don't I don't know what your opinion, Andrew, is on like the the hardware side of it, but whatever. If you had to replace the board, you could do that too. But that's the thing: you're going down this road, and mm-hmm. if you're if you're serious about like taking this to the next level, you you really need to start instilling habits that don't demand mm-hmm. your time that heavily. Like right now, you may have a little bit more time than you have the money, but you're already almost at a wash in terms of the overall cost. If you were to just start with say the Prusa. That's what I was going to say. I, I I think, I think you kind of made the, you know, the, the position really clear. You know, you're talking for $120 more again, minus shipping and, you know, uh, other things like that. You're, you're getting another printer um, on top of the ones that you currently have. And, you know, it's already hopefully right. Quote better than the ones you have. I, I mean, to me, the decision would be pretty clear. Um, I would just opt for expanding my line by getting another printer and using my current lineup as that mechanism to do that upgrade instead of upgrading the current printers because you got time, you got all of the other uh, you know costs associated with it, and then you still have the same number of printers, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and and there's nothing wrong in keeping a few of those and upgrading a few of those, right? Because maybe you got parts that you need that are bigger than a Prusa can fit on, right? Um, uh, and so, so you know, yeah, that, that's the exact way I'm thinking about it. Is, is that maybe that because the Prusa is coming out with the Prusa XL, which is a much mm-hmm. larger printer with a larger build volume. So in comparing it to the Mark Three, cost. doesn't doesn't yeah, it has a much larger cost. So. <laughs> with the with the upgrade yeah. does that make it closer to the xl versus the mark three and then that 150 dollars no longer it, it's a much larger difference to get the xl versus these upgrades I, I know they have like a bunch of different features as well but basic size and quality yeah and that's that's a tough one too because now you're talking about getting into like a brand new printer for even prusa and stuff so it's like it's mm-hmm. like buying you know the first model year of something too from a business yeah, standpoint i wouldn't recommend that now i'm excited don't get me wrong i'm really excited for the xl i've got one on order and stuff like that but it you know Same think here. about think about the way i don't know if you're familiar with this but like the way that the the the, the flip side of this is like the way the military implements uh upgrades and stuff over time like it takes them an insane amount of like there's still equipment running windows 3.1 and stuff like there are all these like standards like and that exists for a reason like because they are so committed to the amount of time and energy they've invested in getting the system to where they are as a business owner just to bring it back to your original question here you need to start thinking about operating 
at scale and in an efficiency uh, that that you're not right now. And so the the value of having a unified tool set that is more reliable and stuff will pay dividends a lot faster than you probably think it will. Um, there, you know, there's also the Mark IV is supposedly coming out this year as well. Uh, but again, it's 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 the it's that's more of an iterative advance on the mark the i3 platform so you know if you're thinking about when to make the investment and stuff like that you might want to just hold out a little bit longer and see what happens there but again i think that value is really in in just starting with a more reliable tool set and um you're already there in terms of the dollars for the expenditure yeah well and i would also kind of transition it back to the you know, whole aspect why you'd kind of jumped on the call saying that you you're kind of doing two jobs right now at the same time. Yeah. Right. And yeah. maybe it's time for you to start evaluating. Do you take that leap and, you know, jump into doing your print business instead of your software engineering, you know, role. Um, is that your goal? Sorry, your... just really quick. I mean, yeah. Is, is, that, is that where you want to be? Oh, I think everyone's dream is to work for themselves. During during the beginning of 2020, uh, I ended up losing losing one of my jobs, and so I got a taste of that that kind of being your own. I wasn't able to mm -hmm. do the numbers that I'm doing now, but like then I got the taste of like I wake up and it's kind of like I get paid by what I do. I am the one that makes my own paycheck at the end of the day, not not Very somebody good. else. Very rewarding. Where, uh, yeah, Michal, where are you located? If I might ask. Oh, uh, Rhode Island in the United States. Ah, oh, right on. Awesome. Okay, Rhode Island yeah. got an East Coaster. Fantastic. Well, listen. Obviously, you must be doing something, right? You've you've scaled it to the point you've got twenty three printers and stuff like that. So you're like on you're on the path, right? Mm -hmm. And and Andrew's point is spot on. It's if you want to stop feeling like you're doing both, like make sure you're doing whatever you can to you know, not add to the burden of, mm -hmm. of the, and, and I would argue like, you're just going to, when you start going down that upgrade path, that tweak path, like we go to great ends to not touch the stock configuration mm -hmm. of the Mark threes that we have, even mm -hmm. though with it, with one big exception right now, and that's Revo. And, and that's, uh, that's, that's what I was going to say, but that's, a, that's, a, that's for another time. Um, yep. and it's a drop, it's a literally a drop in replacement. So it's, it's yeah. very, very minimal, but for very big reward in terms of the amount of printing that we do, where we're constantly trying to change nozzles. And so that is a big time savings and an investment for us. Mm -hmm. And we're not having to look at other machines, but you're on the path. Uh, I think you kind of know, you kind of, you already kind of had knew in your head, uh, what you wanted to do. Uh, the other option for you might be, I, I will say that the, as Excel comes out and as the Mark four comes out, the Mark three plus is a very, very capable and will continue to be a very capable platform mm -hmm. for a long time. There is going to be a flood of them on the secondary market. Uh, when mm -hmm. that happens, and then so pick them might... up like used off of eBay or is there like liquidation sites? Yeah, there, there most certainly will be. I mean, I, yeah. there's probably a bunch of people on here that'll be like, I'll sell you mine. Cause I want to, you know, get, it. I've, I've seen a ton of it. I've, I've purchased mm -hmm. some, uh, as well. And uh, I think it'll continue to be a reliable workhorse. There's a reason that you see them on so many farms. Uh, it is the, by far, in my opinion, the best bang for your buck workhorse out there. Now it's, again, not necessarily the right tool for every job, 
But oh, yeah, every, every print is different, so every printer yeah. has got to do a different job. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to thank you for for calling in, man. That was a yeah. fantastic question, and we wish you the best of luck. I, I love hearing other people, you know. Is it write possible in, write to in sneak stuff? in one more question? Go for sure. it. We're Does it make you. more sense to hire an employee first, or does it make more <laughs> sense to to kind of do leave and then run it one hundred percent? So that, that's an excellent question. That is a, I love this question. It's it's such a good question that we actually have it on our list of topics for its like own own episode. Yep. Okay, uh, yep. but okay. but we can we can I, I I say we can tease it here because there's a lot of meat yeah. on that bone. Uh, what do you yeah. what are your thoughts on that, Andrew? So, I think it comes down for one, it's a big personal decision, right? Um, and I think you need to ask yourself um, what it is that you want, right? There are absolutely lifestyle you know, changes that you can make. And do you want the lifestyle more or do you want to grow faster? Um, in one capacity, right? Uh, if you were to hire an employee and let's say you get the perfect employee, right? No employee is going to be perfect, but let's hypothetical. Let's say you get the perfect employee. They don't need a ton of managing. They, they're go-getter. They can, you know, basically operate the business that you would, right? Uh, mm -hmm. As you would you have the potential to drastically scale your business faster because you're not taking your time, you're delegating, right? And sure. you're still earning your living that you can then reinvest into the business, right? Um, yep. This is a very different type of role. You become a delegator, you become a CEO, an executive, right? On the other option, you become an operator where you take away from your current position, you now work in your, you know, your business, but you're operating, you're doing the day-to-day -day work, right? Now it's going to be harder. You're going to have to grind. You're not going to have as much money. You're going to be more connected to that business. Um, you can still grow and you can still grow effectively and, and pretty quickly too, but it is a different choice. It's a different lifestyle. Um, and I think you have to ask yourself which one you want and you know, just kind of start weighing some options there. Pooch, what do you have to say? Yeah, well, I've I've been down this exact road, and uh, I'm not going to say that that my way. I don't even know if I would do it again the same way. But uh, what what it, what happened for me was I I hired first. Um, the one of the things that really resume, resonates with me that I've read is a, as a CEO, and I don't like throwing the CEO title out there as a small startup because that's not really the same thing as what a true CEO is, but um, as the owner, the leader of the company and stuff, your job um, is building fire departments, not putting out fires, right? Like that's mm -hmm. really where you need to be getting towards. So the sooner that you accept that mentality, the the quicker you'll be able to scale. So it, it, I know it feels like, well, I want to be paying myself first. And so I, I should be employee number one and I have to do all the production and all the packaging and all that stuff. But given there are a finite number of hours in the day and the fact that um, even if you hire an employee, there's still going to be more for you to do than, <laughs> yeah. than uh, you need. It's not like you're going to have nothing to do, right? Anyway, my argument was by having that person take say production for for us that was it it was i need somebody to take production off of my hands as a first step because it was the easiest thing to train somebody else to do to set guidelines for them to do a reasonably good job at um you're not going to find somebody that's going to be able to wear every single hat so you need to come up with a digestible chunk and it's also like one of the lower paid 
uh, area. So it's like for my investment, what is my best bang for my buck? If I can farm out the production uh, so that I can work on better systems, better packaging, you know, there was, I was still very much in there doing a lot of the packaging myself, like, because I needed to understand all of the things that I needed to give this person to do their job better. But once I freed myself up from that day-to-day burden, because when you were filling orders and shipping orders and all that stuff, like there will not be any time, like when you get to the scale where you need to be, if you're doing that job, you're not going to have any time to be doing all the other things that are going to allow you to like really get to a better earning potential and all that stuff as well. You need to be focused on the selling. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that is a really, really hard job. I think to hire out for, and some may disagree, you know, with me, but like, you know, you're steering the ship, you're the one driving the orders in. And so you need to make sure you are able to be available for that. Yeah. That's, I've I've been doing a a lot of optimizing anywhere I can to make it. So I'm available for these things. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys have tried it, but I mean, I couldn't do, do without, um, I mean the Amazon, Amazon and using their fulfilled by Amazon, I would just, it'd be impossible without that because they handle the shipping and stuff like that and all the logistics on that end. So I, yeah, just this is such a great thing because, you know, we, we here at Gloop, we go about things totally differently. Right. And I, I, I it's, it's too much to go into right now, but maybe, maybe we should do this as like the next episode, <laughs> you know, Pooch, because yeah. there are no, so we, many good things should. that we could you know, we I could go in on that. You know, we don't do particularly well, but I think in in some capacity, it's it's helped us develop a better product and develop a, a better user experience. And now we're starting to make those transitions, right? I've been the operator of Gloop. Like, it, you know, there's two Anders, and I'm the Which one, one are full you? time. The full time. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> I'm the full time one, and you know, um, I'm very much the operator. But also, I wear every other hat as well. Like, and it, it does, you know, take away. Um, you know, well, had we did it a little bit differently, right? I could have hired an employee and been the delegator, right? Been the guy working on the business, not in the business. But you know, yeah. I think that in in there's a lot of really cool things that I would love to share and dive in deeper. Um, why I think it's a benefit, and you know, why there are some challenges still too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 listen, especially you know, we we talk about how closely we we came at we're makers like that maker mentality. A lot of the time is like I want to be in there and doing it myself, and it is such a double edged sword in the sense that uh, it it allows us to be close to the product and understand what you know we're dealing with. But at the same time, you gotta let go um, mm-hmm. because and and I've had this conversation with Andrew. Like he's still he's still trying to to back because he does his own production still and all this stuff. And it's, it's just a different, Mm -hmm. a different thing, but you need to set yourself up to succeed. So if you're ever going to get beyond feeling like I'm burning the candle at all ends, uh, I I think you, if you can afford to reward yourself a little bit, like I said, even if just like, and you can dip your toe in very easily, like what, what, what worked well for us. Like we, we went down to the local junior college 
and partnered with like one of the mechatronics groups that was was there and just said like hey if anybody's looking for part-time like it's a great part-time student job because they get to say uh i'm working in a with a 3d printing company it's it's way more exciting than you know working down at mcdonald's or anything like that mm -hmm. and uh and you can kind of you can still just feed however many hours and scale up and back you, you know students really appreciate the flexibility so if it's not critical like i need it this day you know, if they, if you can do shipping on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, there's any number of different ways where I think you can get a lot of bang for your buck and just kind of dip your toe in. Yeah. That's, it, I think that's a great idea, actually. Yeah. I'll probably, cause I, I just ended, I just, uh, uh, finished college, uh, two years ago. So I can okay. just go, I'll go back and then, cause I'll go to the CS department and just see if anybody's interested. I still know all the professors, so I'm sure they'd be more than happy to, to help. Oh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Use those relationships, man. That's like, that's super, super important. I, I hope you do that. And I think that you'll find it to be pretty rewarding that, you know, the flip side of that is like, they're, they are students. So they're at some point they're going to move on, but again, your oh, job then should be focusing on what the system is. And so whether it's, you know, Mike that comes in or Elaine or whoever, like that they can hopefully interchange and train pretty quickly to to take a good amount off your plate for not a lot of expenditure which is what mm -hmm. you really i think need so that you can feel that growth and that confidence and that spirit and you'll, you'll be surprised like it, it'll allow you to sell better and and to to progress more more quickly i think yeah uh we we will absolutely have to go more <laughs> into that um yeah you guys don't have to tell tell, tell all this time <laughs> we got to hold something for next time. Yeah. Well, listen, thank yeah. you so much for your, for your call and your comment. Uh, and I'm glad, I'm glad our system worked. That was our first time. Yeah. Trying that seemed to work out well, Mahal, good luck. Best of luck to you, man. And, uh, uh, you know, tune in and hopefully you can give us some updates uh, down the road as, uh, as we keep going here. Thanks guys. Looking forward right. to it. Thank you again. All right. All right. Take care. Have a good day. All right, man. That was, uh, that was, those were some great questions. I, I really, I really love, uh, hearing what other people are doing yeah. too, and remember w exactly where I was in that kind of same, same period of time. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I can't wait to share some of the things that, well, you know, that, that I know we're doing wrong, but also some of the things that I think that we're doing right and ways that we could probably do a little better, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> that, that, that would be a cool, a cool topic. Well, my friend, we will will absolutely pin that for next time. Uh, I think it, this is a great point to to wrap it up for the day. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Thanks for all the great questions and comments. Uh, it's uh, it's always great seeing you guys in here. I wish everybody the greatest of Fridays and weekends ahead of you, and best of luck with your ventures. Uh, if you uh, need to get in touch with either of us. We're both very active on Twitter. Uh, Andrew's at 3D Gloop. I am at Repcord. And uh, we will see you hopefully next Friday for the same thing. We like this time slot. So make a note if you're into this kind of content uh, or if you have feedback for us, feel free to leave commentary on the channel or tweet at us or whatever it is. If you have topics of uh, conversation that you'd like to see us do, we're always looking for recommendations there as well yep yeah okay well my friend and i wish a fine friday and weekend to you as well and i look forward to our next one i will catch you next friday at 9 a.m pacific 11 central Let's for my uh, for our friends <laughs> and that's uh noon 
So it's a it's a nice yeah. lunchtime interlude for our friends on the East Coast, right? Yeah. So look forward to the next one. Till then, Pooch Repcord signing off. And gloop. Bye bye.